Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm your host, Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm discussing acceptance and resiliency despite our best efforts. One of the things that I try to do on this show is not throw a lot of jargon at you, a lot of terms, a lot of head knowledge. Many of you listening will have read many, many, many self-development books, will have had therapy and other healing modalities for years and years and years. The level that I believe most of us need and benefit from is this gut, this heart, this body in helping our heady knowledge, our wordiness actually integrate into the body. And that's the point at which we start to get real, real relief. So not just in this episode, in all the episodes that you've listened to from me, I'm very intentional about that. I don't want you getting too caught up in the wordiness to bypass the body emotional healing that's available. And really necessary to heal a highly sensitive nervous system. One of the things I hear the most from people and that I have felt so many times in my own life is a deep, deep frustration and desperation when I've tried all the things in my tool bag and I still feel uncomfortable. I still feel triggered. It might be one of the most difficult aspects of healing to understand that we're working on accepting and integrating into the body the frustrating fact that sometimes, despite our very best efforts, we will just feel off or badly or sad or down. What we're learning to accept here is complex. So I tried to break it down. First thing I have for you is that we're working on accepting I can't control all the factors of life internally and externally. In those moments where we feel overcome and overwhelmed with intensity of emotion, it's as if our inner child is looking at our grown-up part, our adult part, saying, what are you going to do about this? And as we become desperate, because all the things that we're doing aren't working to shift how we're feeling in any given moment, The real panic sets in when our inner child starts to realize, oh no, adult me is losing it. Now there's no adult in charge that's healthy enough to take care. And in that way, for many of us, it recreates our childhood. Because in that moment, we feel abandoned. Our inner child feels abandoned by our adult self. We're learning to accept that I can't control all the factors of life internally and externally. Now, this becomes ultimately in healing a freedom button. 
Because thank goodness, I don't have to have the pressure on myself to control everything that's going on in this complex body, consciously and intentionally. I just don't have that power. And I certainly don't have the power to control all the things external to me. I can control what I can control for sure. I can affect what I can affect for sure. But learning how to let go, that's part of the serenity prayer. If you don't know it, just it's always a good one for me to throw in and practice myself and throw in there as a refresher. It's God or the universe or a higher power. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Second thing that we're learning to accept is my mind, body, and psyche have limits. Now, this is very important for the people pleasers, the natural mediators, the overthinkers, the givers, the caretakers. Often what's happening when we feel at the end of our rope is that we haven't left enough for ourselves. We've given it all away, and that can make our adult part and our inner child part feel very desperate. And desperation in a highly sensitive system often triggers panic. So if we integrate into how we live, into our lifestyle, this fact that my mind, my body, my psyche has limits, that we work on boundaries, we work on saying no earlier before we're at the end of that rope. That helps us grow self-worth, self-love, self-esteem. Because in that scenario, our inner child is looking to our adult self to say, how are you going to treat me? What are we worthy of? And if we put everyone else's needs, this includes bosses, this includes deadlines. If we continuously over and over again to our detriment, put the other things in life in front of our own well-being. It's hard for our inner child to trust that we're a priority. And if we didn't get to be a priority for a parent as children, this is a recreation of our childhood trauma. Third thing that I came up with for this list, that we're learning to accept, not just in thought, but in way of being, that once we're having that at the end of our rope feeling, that desperate feeling, We're also learning how to accept and believe and practice that overthinking is not the way out. Overthinking digs the hole. Think about a time when you felt panicky. Maybe you were angry that you had gone to therapy. Maybe you got a massage that week. You went for a walk. You did your yoga. You read your books. You did your journaling. And you were pissed Because the story we tell ourselves is all of those things should make me feel better. I shouldn't feel how I'm feeling in this moment. This is not fair. Do you hear the inner child at play? So if we feel that way and we go into overthinking, creating a big old story, we're digging the hole deeper. Now, as I go through this list, I recognize they're not all mutually exclusive because my goodness, no part of us is. Everything overlaps. Everything connects. The fourth thing I have for you is feeling is not failing. I love this so much. I'm going to say it again. Feeling is not failing. Highly sensitive people, especially empaths, 
we tend to process uncomfortable feeling as some kind of failure. If I had only taken a detour somewhere earlier, I would not feel what I'm feeling. Therefore, I have failed myself. Shame, shame on me. And that digs the hole. Feeling is not failing. When we've been brainwashed since we were very, very little to believe that feeling and emoting is wrong, we will likely feel like a failure when the feelings will not bow to our loving or our shaming demands. So if I'm uncomfortable, if I'm down, if I'm just funky and icky, maybe it's because I haven't gotten enough sunlight. Maybe it's because I'm having a hormonal shift. Maybe I'm having a sugar crash. Maybe something from my past is bubbling to the surface and it's making me a little bit raw. If I don't believe that feeling is failing, then I can help myself just feel that and just be there. And that sounds like, wow, I've done a lot of things to try to shift this feeling and it's just not shifting today. Sometimes that's just the way it goes. I can breathe. I trust that this will pass. Nothing lasts forever. I can find comfort in that right now. And when our inner child can not just hear, but feel us taking care of ourselves in that way, the desperation melts away. The panicky, oh no, why am I feeling this way that I'm not supposed to feel, leaves. This is all acceptance work, all of accepting what is. And it's so important that we learn how to accept what is, because if we're not practicing actively accepting what is, we are likely under the surface fighting, fighting ourselves, fighting our own emotionality, fighting the obstacles that are endless that life gives us. And if we're trying to heal our highly sensitive nervous system, that's not useful because that keeps this precious body that we're trying to mend and soothe and teach calm and teach peace that keeps us activated. If I'm fighting myself or if I'm shaming my own sensitivity. Now, many of us have done tremendous work to accept, okay, we're highly sensitive. This isn't going away. I understand that, but I find that it still takes a while, months, years, for some of us decades, to not shame ourselves for the intensity of our feeling. Many of us will get to the place where we go, okay, 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 I get that I'm highly sensitive. So I don't give myself a hard time anymore when I cry at smiling babies or beautiful sunsets. Here in Denver, sometimes I see city bunnies that run out (laughs) in our city-fied neighborhood, and that can make me well up just like anything else. We grow into our next level of healing. Next level healing is being able to accept when we are in intensity and to not terrify ourselves because of intensity. As highly sensitive people, you know, we are not like easy breezy little summer sprinkles of rain that move through. We move through and we feel like thunderstorms. And we learn by practicing grounded language and grounding our bodies towards the earth, soothing ourselves. That even though that intensity may have scared our parents, it may have scared past partners, it may have scared ourselves multiple times, that we're working on grounding more so we can trust more, that that feeling of intensity is not the same thing as behaving with intensity. 
So when we can just feel, it moves through because we allow instead of fight ourselves. Number five, I have seven. You've heard me talk about this a lot lately if you keep up with the show. We want to let go of the story when we are in intensity. When we let go of the story, we let go of the saga, the drama. And sometimes simply because we just don't know how to sit, how to be, how to allow stillness within the intensity of uncomfortable emotion. We wind up having more comfortability, even though that's a dysfunctional comfortability, with a shameful story. What's wrong with me? I said part of the story earlier in this episode. What's wrong with me? I'm doing all the things. It should be working better. I'm just broken. I'm never going to be any better. What's the point? What's the point of life? And we spiral. So we work to let go of the story. You don't have to let go of all words or all language in that moment. That can be very hard to do. Our brains are processors. But we can give that processing brain the language that serves us from our learning, from our growth. So instead of what's wrong with me that I'm feeling this way, it's normal to feel this way sometimes. I trust that this will pass. And again, in that moment, our inner child goes, oh, thank you, grown-up. That's just what I needed to hear. And we feel some release. We are learning how to reparent our inner child. We are learning how to tend to the voids and the holes, the missing pieces that our inner child needed that we can learn to give to ourselves now. Number six, I mentioned this earlier, that we often have a lot of fear of our own intensity. So here's number six. Healing is repairing trust with ourselves. Now, lots of us have been betrayed Lots of us have been abused by people that were supposed to be very safe and supportive. But whenever we have intense trauma histories from childhood, whenever we've had a toxic relationship, even when we've been part of that toxicity, it affects our relationship with ourselves. And we have to own the ways that trauma has taught us to not take very good care of ourselves, that sometimes our best efforts When we were in struggle, we're not healthy because we just didn't know any better. And we were doing the very best that we could in a moment to deal with the pain, even if that was maladaptive. So if we have a history of cutting or restricting food or restricting sex or just restricting joy or restricting spending on ourselves when we have it, if we've had a highly critical voice inside of our heads that bullies us and we've allowed it in fact we've gone back to that voice and turned that volume up whenever life isn't going the way that we expect or that we want if we've had suicide attempts passively or actively if we've played with suicide story inside of our heads that we don't feel very safely securely attached to ourselves and that's what we're doing in healing healing is repairing trust in ourselves. Healing is bonding to ourselves, becoming more secure, more sure-footed. As we're learning this, and it's not solid yet, that intensity will rightly so be terrifying if we ourselves have a history of having been dangerous with ourselves. 
And there's a slow buildup of trust. Just like between two human beings or more, there's a slow buildup, a repairing of trust that happens with ourselves. This is often why we really do need, and I am using the word need intentionally, a skilled trauma therapist who understands the background of psychology and how those effects show up in our present moment to help you deprogram and decode the maladaptive patterns that can keep you in dysfunction and keep you hurting not just yourself, but anyone who is attempting to be vulnerable with you. A skilled trauma therapist can help you see who you really are beneath the trauma, beneath the maladaptive pattern, and help you figure out exactly what you need so that you can repair those old wounds. And as you do this, this is how we learn to trust ourselves. This is how we become more secure. This is how we practice true resiliency and breaking of old cycles. This is how we heal generational trauma, abuse, and neglect. This is how we forge a new way. And if you can't afford therapy, if you don't have services where you are, you can access whatever you can access. You're listening here. A podcast, a book, a friend are not replacements for trauma therapy. But we do what we can do until we can do more. And it is perfectly okay and right to take baby steps towards healing if that's where you are and that's what you need. We all crawl before we walk and then we all walk before we run. And it's no different on our healing journey. So when we are just feeling icky or off or frankly just having a shit day, The opportunity that lies within is to work on such acceptance. The acceptance that I'm okay. It's okay for me to feel this. Feelings have never killed me. This will move through. Tomorrow will be a new day. If any of you have experience with a newborn, and as a child-free woman, I happen to have a strange amount of experience with newborns. But there's this moment where a newborn baby, a very young baby, will turn bright red and lose its breath. And it's scary to see that little body struggle and not understand and just feel discomfort. And as that baby is catching its breath, a massive whale will shake out of that baby. Imagine if we responded as if we too felt that the end of the world was near. If we panicked like that baby is panicking and screaming in that moment, we must learn to hold ourselves with strength, with kindness, with love, and a message of it's okay, I know this will pass, just like we do for a baby. And even if you don't have experience with a baby, this will make sense to you. If a baby is screaming and uncomfortable, we just check all the things that we can think of. We make sure the baby's dry or we change his or her diaper. We make sure the clothes are comfy. We make sure the temperature's right. We make sure the baby's fed and not hungry. We try to entertain the baby if it's old enough to look at us and be entertained. I challenge you to soothe yourself in such a way. Right at those moments where you feel like you're losing your breath, you're just going to lose your mind and you just want to scream out at the world. 
Your healing will come faster if you let go of this fight. And I must say this before ending this episode. This information can be used to dysfunctionally give the self permission to not even try because the inner adolescent loves this. The inner adolescent can show up here and say, well, if I'm going to feel shitty anyway, where's that bag of Oreos? I'm going to jump into this hole. Screw it. Why try? So if that's part of what either comes up for you in hearing this information or comes up for you when you're trying to practice this in your own life, just know that your inner adolescent is showing up with a little resistance, a little rebellion, instead of more of the little baby that might show up at different times in your healing. This episode is really for the moments when we feel exasperated, when we feel like throwing our hands up in frustration because we've gone through all of our self-care checklist and feel at the end of our ropes. So the number seven, the last thing that I want to give you before I close out this episode is that we're learning to accept that we always have more rope. When we feel at the end of our rope, what if you were to believe that there's always more rope? I look back at my career sometimes and often wonder, how would I have learned this? Because my career has given me such a gift here. I've been able to witness human resiliency like I had no idea I would be able to witness when I was studying to be a counselor in school. And I am here to tell you, straight from the strength that my clients have shown me over the years, that the very things we think will kill us, a first divorce, maybe a second, maybe a third, the loss of a job, the loss of a home, estrangement from an entire family, maybe a scary diagnosis like cancer or HIV, or the loss of limbs in an accident or the loss of the ability to walk, even the loss of a soulmate or a child. As human beings, we always have more rope, even when it feels like we're fumbling in the dark to find it. It's there. I dedicate this episode to all of you out there who have had your own dark nights of the soul. Use that in current moments of discomfort, of ick, of fear, of desperation as the very proof that you need that your feelings have never, ever, ever killed you and that you have always had more rope even when you thought you didn't. And when you start to really believe that and integrate that into who you are, we feel more secure. We feel more faith and trust in who we are for ourselves, to ourselves. And that is priceless, precious healing. We are about 30 people away from reaching our next Patreon goal. I would love to invite you to join us on our next Patreon live stream. We have shifted to doing topics, and the first one we did was abundance, and it was really, really, really great. It was lovely to sort of focus those questions and get a bunch of questions on abundance. If you're interested in that, the second that you sign up for Patreon, you get all of the content at whatever level you sign up for. You can join us for the Patreon live streams that happen once a month at the $10 level, and you can submit a question. Our next topic for March is boundaries. So I will answer any question you have on boundaries. You're not able just yet, we have it coming, 
but sign up is not open yet for my boundaries course. If you're interested in hearing about when that is live so that you can secure your place for our 2021 boundaries course, make sure you're on my mailing list at emotionalbadass.com and come sign up for the Patreon. You'll get exclusive episodes that you cannot listen to anywhere else other than our Patreon. And we have more than 30 of those at the $5 level. Five bucks, get to listen to all of them and help us meet our next goal. This is why we don't have commercials on the show. So if it's worth two bucks, five bucks to you to not hear commercials, please come support us so we can continue that. We don't want to add commercials in year three of Emotional Badass. One of the things that you get when you sign up is a shout out because y'all are the producers of the show and we can't do the show without you. So I want to give some shout outs right now. I want to thank Rose for being a Patreon producer of the show. I want to thank Christy Frank. I'm going to give her business a little shout out. Christy just had a successful Kickstarter for Clutch Creations, this device that you can attach your phone to and wear it around your neck. So go check out Clutch Creations. Thank you, Christy, for supporting us, supporting you. I want to thank Lindsay, Sandy, Brandy, Renata, Kayla, Rachel, Christina, and Misty. Y'all, really, we can't do the show without you. We've recently bought some new equipment. I just want to take a moment to thank our Patreon producers. If you've never been on Patreon, go check it out, not just for me and our show, but for anybody that you hear has a Patreon. It is the best way to support creatives that are giving you content. Light and love. And remember that despite your best efforts, sometimes we're just going to feel a little funky. And you're not doing anything wrong and it'll pass. It's such an important lesson on the healing path. Light and love. And remember, I'm an emotional badass. You were an emotional badass. And together, we are where Moxie meets mindful. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.